Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for your presence in our midst. And today, Lord, we ask that you strongly, strongly move through the ministry of your word and of your spirit, Lord. Come and, and, and empower us to know how to live life in Canaan. Empower us, Lord, to know how to live in the, in the spirit, Lord, and, and operate by your anointing. Father, we thank you, Lord. You are here and you are raising up a generation of sons and daughters who will reveal the fullness of your character, our Father's character, our Father's glory, and to demonstrate our Father's love to our generation in an unprecedented way. And so, Lord, we thank you. You are here. Once again, you are here to love on your people and to, and to raise up your sons and daughters, Lord, to carry your likeness and glory to the nation. So, Lord, we thank you for all of these right now. We thank you for a very fruitful, anointed time in your presence here in this place, in the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Now, I, I want to see, is my face up there? Is my face up there? Okay. I feel so bad. I, I, no, I, I've been a trainer for so many years. Even before I was a preacher, I was a trainer. So I'm so into eye contact. I want to have eye contact. <laughs> now I have to I see myself <laughs> flipping back and forth. But, but God will work good out of this. Hallelujah. Now I want to take you first to the journey of the Israelites. The journey of the Israelites. Do you know in the Bible, the journey and the experiences of the Israelites, their deliverance from slavery, from hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt, their deliverance, their coming out, they're going through their sojourning years uh, in the wilderness. They're struggling there. And finally, their arrival at the bank of Jordan. Do you know their whole journey? And then including their entering into Canaan finally and began a life of conquest in there. Do you know that their whole experience and journey is actually a typology? It symbolizes and represents the faith journey of a, of a believer in Christ. How we are from the point of being born again and how God brings us through the growth of faith into finally in that place of living in the fullness of our, of our identity and enjoying the fullness of our inheritance. The whole journey and experience of the Israelites actually symbolizes that it's an allegory, actually. It's a metaphor of that. Why do we know? Because the Bible says that. The Bible says their experiences actually is our journey. Let's look at this scripture in 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, it says, uh, 1 to 4 first, I'll read to you. Now I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same uh, spiritual drink. For they drank from a spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So it's obviously describing the journey of the Israelites uh, uh, passing through the 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 sea and they are uh, coming to the place of of their their inheritance of their journey and in verse eleven it clearly says in verse eleven it says now these things happened to them as examples and they were written as a warning to us on whom the ends of the ages have come wow not you know what not only do their journey and experiences serve as example to teach us many spiritual lessons pertaining to our faith journey in Christ, actually they especially serve to provide warning and wisdom specifically to us living in these days, called the last days. And that's why I find that allegory so rich that over the years I have gone back to reread and rediscover their experiences and from there drawings forth so much spiritual wisdom and understanding to interpret the times that we live in and how shall we thrive and live in this hour. It is really, really amazing. So I want to encourage us all to, to look at this allegory when you go back and you read their experiences and you can see yourself in there in many, many ways. For example, when, you know, uh, um, when they leave Egypt, it's actually a picture of how we got born again how we came out of the world. Because Egypt is a type of the world. Pharaoh is a type of Satan oppressing the people of God. And the Israelites, uh, they, although they were people of God, they were living in bondage like we were when we were, before we were born again. And we were under the oppression of the enemy. And how you will, you will find that in that place, in, uh, 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 when they came out of Egypt, it's, it's actually a type of us. It's, it's, it represents us coming out of out of the world when we came to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And then when the Israelites went through the wilderness, their sojourn in the wilderness, uh, they really struggled. Notice that they did not immediately arrive at uh, Canaan like what, 
what God uh, promised or God, what God intended for them because they were trapped in their unbelief, carnality. They were still living in their flesh. They, you know, and, and, and they were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. And the, their life in the wilderness, it's a picture of how we Christians, even though we have left the world, we got born again, but we still are struggling in the flesh. We're still in our carnality. We did not know how to live in the spirit, which is represented by life in Canaan. And, and they were struggling in their soulish life and living, and they could not access nor experience what they know they should have as the people of God. They knew their inheritance, but they did not enjoy it. Much like many Christians today, they've been born again, they're walking, they, 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 are, they, are, they call themselves Christians, but they, they're, they're still struggling in their soul. They don't know how to live in the Spirit. They don't know how to hear God's voice to be led by Him. They're not living a life of conquest like God intended. And in fact, if there's any fight, it's them and their fight with the enemy. They're fighting with sickness and lack and poverty. And, and, and then they find themselves struggling, struggling. And actually, the struggle of the Israelites in the wilderness is a picture of that. But we thank God that finally they came to the shore of of the Jordan and the Lord supernaturally delivered them over when they were willing to believe and that generations that that were willing to believe God brought them into Canaan and they began to go on a live in a very different lifestyle a lifestyle of conquest and invasion consistently throughout their life and you know what that's the place of victorious living and spiritual rest even though there's so many battles they were at rest because they've learned to know how to operate by the Spirit of God. And you know what? That Canaan was also where they finally get to lay hold of their full inheritance and they live in their calling and destiny. And that is actually the place that God wants all of us to live in. Can I hear an amen? God wants all of us to live in that place, in that place of, of, of hearing His voice, led by His uh, presence in our life, very sensitive to Him, and, and living in victory, experiencing the fullness of our inheritance as promised in the Scripture. And that is the place of, of victory, rest, blessing, and the place of effectiveness, extending God's kingdom through our life. And so that is what I want to talk about today because I feel like God is wanting to, to, to bring us into, into that place for, us, for those of us who are not living in Canaan. And God wants to give you some very, very uh, vital keys to hold in your hand, how to live in that life. We, we see the Israelites when they come to the River Jordan. Finally, I'm going to skip all of that because right now I'm going to zoom in uh, uh, to, to their crossing the Jordan and how they enter into laying hold of the promised land uh, of Canaan. All right, um, We're going to examine how at the point of crossing, all right? Crossing River Jordan. And with that, I'm going to read to you the scripture. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised uh, Moses. Now, to begin with, what, what, what was the significance of the death of Moses? It was the end of an era. And God was telling them, it's the end of a chapter in your walk, in your journey. It's time to move on. And I really believe that, that uh, uh, corporately we, are, we have come to an end of a chapter and we're coming in into a whole new phase and era as a church family, as a church ministry. But I also know your walking with us means that you are also going through that. And God is wanting to bring many across into the place of Canaan, across into the place of fullness, of, of realizing what God, they're telling me to slow down. <laughs> I can't. Uh, so much to cover within a short time. I'll try, I'll try. Okay, okay I'll try. All right. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> I'm a crusade preacher. You know, when I, preach, I, go, I go on a roll. The children of Israel. <laughs> when they... When... I don't know how to talk slow, you know. I have only one speed. <laughs> okay, the death of Moses <laughs> signified the end of an era and dispensation 
and it was the it, and God indicated to them it was time that they move on to the next phase of their faith journey. All right. And so what happened was that what happened was that God said, now is the time to go in and realize all your promises. So how exciting. What if God tonight appear in a room and tell you, honey, my, my beloved child, everything that I promised you over the years you have not seen come seen in your life yet. Uh, this is the moment where everything will come true. Wouldn't you be excited? God told, told Joshua, you know, you know, they've been walking round and round in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years they have sandwiches. I mean, sand in all their food, basically. You know, you know sand, 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 sand in their eyes, sand between their toes. You know, sand, sand, sand. You know, and they have only one kind of food, manna. Manna sauteed, manna baked and fried and, and cooked and steamed and, and still manna, you know. And after all these years, God says, you know what? I'm going to bring you into the land flowing with milk and honey, that which I promised you, uh, that which I promised you through Moses. Now, what did God promise them through Moses? I don't, have, I, I don't want to go into reading all that scripture. You will find that God told them something very stupendous. God said, when you cross the Jordan, I'm giving you the whole land whole land, all the way up, all the way down, all the way to the shore of, of, of the sea. All the way. You are going to go all the way. The whole land has been given you. That was what he told Moses. Promised them through Moses years, years, years ago. They did not go in. So can you imagine for 40 years, Caleb and Joshua, the two that have gone in to have a glimpse of the land before, could only pine, Lord. What happened? What happened? You promised us. You promised us all that land. We have had a glimpse of it. And now we're stuck here. And I'm stuck with this unbelieving generation for all these years. And after 40 years, God said, it's time. It's time to move. You're going to go in and take the whole land. But what I want you to realize, to consider is this scripture here that he says, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Wait a minute, that was not what he promised Moses. What is the definition of their inheritance? Because he, if you go back and read what he promised them through Moses, was a whole land. But now it seems to put another qualification on the whole land. It's where your foot treads on. So, so it seems to be a conflict. Wait a minute, is there a different definition now of what you have promised us? Or have you changed the deal here? No, actually it's the same deal. Both are valid. What he, what he promised through Moses, if they believe and would actually take action to go in to take, that's what they would experience. Now, this is a powerful, powerful lesson for us. And this is the first major lesson of this message. All that God has promised you in Jesus Christ, all that Jesus Christ has won for you through the cross, everything, which is everything pertaining to life and godliness, according to Second uh, Peter 1. All right. It's every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places according to Ephesians 1, 3. Everything that Christ has won for you. Do you know you can only experience them only as much as you believe them and go in to actually take it? That's why what God spoke to them now, He wasn't contradicting Himself. I did say I'll give you the whole land as I promised Moses. But but what you actually believe enough to go in there and take it, that's yours. Now, this is where, this is where we understand now why Christians can live such different lives. Huh? I mean, we are all loved by God, all receive the same Jesus, the same stupendous blessing, the same uh, 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 lavish, lavish provision of God, inexhaustible inheritance, but yet we, we, we experience different portion of it in different lives. Some experience so much, some experience so little of it. What's the difference? Is God biased? Did God with, withhold some of His blessing from some people and give more to other favorite children of His? No. It's according to how much you believe and actually go in to lay hold. Can I hear an amen for that? This was what, what it meant when God said, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads. You must go in and you must take. And we know that generation that died in the wilderness, they did not go in to take because they refused to believe it could be that good. Because God told them, I'll give you cities you never build, houses filled with good things you never fill. Olivia, vineyard you've never planted. I'll give them all to you. Wells you've never dug. You just go in and take them. They say, nah, there's got to be a catch to this. It, it can't be that good. You know, we say in life, there is no free lunch. And they could not crunch, they could not grasp the, such a, a lavish goodness of God. And that was their challenge. 
And so right now, this is also our challenge, the challenge of faith. And so the way they crossed the River Jordan, uh, uh, the, the, and before that, the instruction that God has given them really already taught them the first lesson before they, they cross over. And the lesson is this, that faith determines how much you will lay hold of God's inheritance for you. And this is an intentional pause to let that sink into our heart. Your faith in what God has promised you determines how much you actually experience and enjoy his, what He has given you. That's why it's so important for us to, to keep learning about Christ and what He has done for us. And the more we know, the more we realize that, wow, it's really beyond measure what God has given us. And so when they came to the place of the crossing of the river, they, they already learned the first lesson. What was the lesson? Everything has to be done by faith. You just listen, you believe, and you, and you obey radically. Because God just told them to cross. I'm talking about the crossing right now. If you go read the scripture, you will realize that God did not specifically tell them how the miracles would take place. God just gave them the instruction, your priest will take the, the, the Ark of the Covenant and they will walk ahead of you. They will lead the way and wade into the water. Do you know, you, you go read it, it did not say, oh, I, I promise you the water will part and the mighty miracle. No. God just said, the priest will go before you, they will carry the Ark of the Covenant, they will walk, wade into the water, they will lead the way in before you. Uh, part two? You know, that, I mean, like, what else? You know, they... And that's all. God told them, you, this is how you, you're going to cross over. Can you imagine, can you imagine if you are Joshua leading this group of people, several, several million people, and they're like, uh, Joshua, did you prepare the boat? Huh? You know, and uh, uh, sorry, we, we did not. Because God did not ask us to prepare. Voila! You know. Can you imagine that? I mean, how ridiculous is it? The notion, there's even the very suggestion, you will all cross over. And it was at a time of harvest where the Jordan was a mighty river. Bible says that. Overflowing its banks. And then you're going to take a, a few million people across, and then where is the boat? Huh? Where is the boat? You know? And then there's not even one boat, not even a paper boat, you know. And then all, I say, oh, oh, then what did God say? What did God say? Oh, God just say, uh, the priest will hold the ark, and they will go before us. Oh, so they die first. Lah. I mean, it's like, it was illogical. Really, it was illogical. And so the, the first lesson of the crossing was already, it's going to require radical faith in the lifestyle you will live in there in the land. It was already an introduction to how they must live life when they cross the Jordan. Because it was so ridiculous. You just Your part is to just obey. Hear and actually believe that God will, will bring you across. It will just carry out the instruction. And so they actually did. And you know what? At such instruction, they, they have to obey. Because the children of Israel, they, they already promised Joshua, we will obey no matter what you say. Do you know that? I'll show you the scripture. Joshua 1, verse 16 to 18. Now, this is a different generation that, that, that rose up in the wilderness. Huh? You know, the previous generation did not believe and all died in the wilderness. All died in the wilderness. And God rose up a generation uh, who was ready, willing to believe and to obey. So they told Joshua these very radical words. They say, they answered Joshua, Everything you have commanded us, we will do. And everywhere you send us, we will go. Basically, wherever you go, we will follow. Whatever you feed, we will swallow. Uh, that's what they promised Joshua, you know? Yeah, and then they sing, I will follow you. <laughs> follow you wherever you may go. <laughs> and Joshua, and then they went on to say this. Yeah, listen, listen good here. Let me see. Verse 17 there, yeah. It says, it says here, they say, we will obey you just as we obeyed Moses in everything. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And verse 18, anyone who rebels against your order and does not obey your words in all that you command him will be put to death above all. Be strong and courageous. So they already promised already. This was before the instruction of uh, the priest go first, carry the ark, walk in the water. This was before that. They already said, we will follow you. We will obey. So they have to obey. It's called both the end. They already made the promise. So you know what? They really obeyed. Now, I have, I, I wanted you to see that actually the way they crossed Jordan would actually set the tone 
of how they would live on the other side. It was radical faith. It was radical obedience. And very significantly, they have to follow the presence. Because the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, is, is, it represents that. You know the Ark for them, for 40 years, it has always represented God's presence in their midst. And they have been trained for 40 years. You just go where the Ark goes. Whenever the ark, wherever the ark goes, that is the presence of God where the pillar of cloud will lead in, and, and the pillar of fire by night and pillar of cloud by day. You know, and we just move. As long, they have learned for 40 years now, as long as you follow the ark, you will not die. You will always have food, you have water, you have provision, you have protection. You know, and, and, and now they are going to put everything to use now. Everything they have learned for 40 years, you know, now, okay, the ark, they know what it meant. When the priest carry the ark goes, we go, yeah, yeah, we have done that 40 years. We see some you know. So, so the, when the priest did that, they just follow. Now, the powerful principle here is, is that we follow God's presence. Now, in this season to come, I believe God is really wanting to bring many into that realm, into that 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 kind of lifestyle that you are. Highly aware of God's presence. And you learn to identify that presence and you learn to follow His leading. Can we have an agreement on that? Amen. Really, really. This is the way to live in Canaan. In these turbulent times and increasingly, increasingly turbulent times that we are living in, that's the only way to live. To, to be sensitive to His presence, to know how to hear His voice, and yes, sir, to obey with radical faith and obedience. That's the only way to thrive in this years, in this season that has already dawned upon us. And that was what God was training them for. Finally, they are going to live it. And you know what? The outcome, when we actually they were willing to obey radically, God actually intervened supernaturally to cause all of Israel to be able to cross the Jordan River, which was overflowing at the at the season. All right. So, can you imagine? Just stop for a moment with me. Can you imagine if they say, um, is there a better timing? Uh? Because now uh, the river very high, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, like, like, you know, we have our timing. We have our convenience. Uh, this is not so convenient, you know. <laughs> Look at the river, you know. And, and they follow God's timing. Because I know it's overflowing. But this is a season. This is, it is now that I want you to go. That's why when God told Joshua, pack up and go. And Joshua was so fast. He turned around, told the Israelite in three days. You're going to takes three days to break camp for a few million people. We are crossing over. The immediate obedience. So what happened? God intervened. Whenever you would believe and obey, breakthroughs upon breakthroughs, miracles upon miracles take place. Joshua 3. When, <clears throat> when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carried the Ark of the Covenant ahead of the people. Now the Jordan overflows its banks. Throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the priests carried the ark, carrying the ark, reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge, and then something happened. And the water flowing downstream stood still, rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam. And in verse 17, it says, The priest carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Wow. So this is a powerful principle I don't want us to miss. This was their lifestyle, and this is our lifestyle we are to follow. All right. Follow God's presence by faith and carry out His instruction with obedience. I will let it sing for a while. I want to pray with us by the end of this message that in this season that has dawned upon us, God will especially teach us and hone our senses to be, to be sensitive to His presence. And you will learn more and more to operate by His presence. If His presence is not endorsing anything, you will not proceed on it. We learn to navigate by God's presence. And in that presence, when He speaks, we will listen and will say, yes, sir, I will do. Yes, Lord, I will do. 
that is the way they live in Canaan. The, the way they cross the, the Jordan River would set the tone of their whole lifestyle in Canaan. And all their prior training for 40 years in the wilderness was for such a time as this, for, for such a life of conquest in Canaan. Remember how God trained them all those years to follow His presence. And that's how they enter into Canaan. Now, what does Canaan represent? Canaan, Canaan represents that place where God's people put to work all that they have learned, being doers of the word and not just hearers, thereby experiencing all of God's promises and blessings, living fully in His will and calling. Who would want to live life in that mode? I want to. No, I really, I'm, this is my greatest cry since I came to the Lord. You know, this is my greatest cry. Lord, I want to live in the fullness of your calling in my life. I don't want to live for anything less. And I want to experience all that Jesus died for to bring me, to purchase for me everything He purchased with His blood for me, I want to experience in my life. And this is the fullness of God's blessing, living in the fullness of God's purpose. And Canaan represents that. So I, I want you to take a moment, brothers and sisters, to picture yourself living in that life. Really, really, I want you to, to break out of your hustle and bustle of your daily life and, and all the, the busyness and all that. And I want you to see yourself. What, how would my life look like right now? How differently it might look like now if I'm living in that place called Canaan for my life. Because your Canaan will look quite different from my Canaan, quite different from her Canaan, because we have different callings in our life. God wants you to live in the fullness of that. God wants you to live in the fullness of what Jesus Christ have paid for in order to bring you in. That place of dwelling in God's presence hearing His voice to take instruction, and always ready to respond with faith and obedience. That is the life in Canaan. And here is where I want to share a major key to how we can live in that mode consistently. Later in the message. <laughs> All right, I want to share a key, a key that God gave Joshua. You take this key and you will always live in this mode of conquest, all right? The key. I'll come to that. So, so the people of, of, of God, they cross the Jordan and they enter into Canaan. But before they could rah, go on a conquest, God said, wait, I want to do something else first before you go on a conquest. God brought them to Gilgal. Why? Because at Gilgal, Gilgal was a place they received healing and wholeness. They could not go on the conquest yet until God was done with His healing and bringing, making them whole first. Now, this is important. It was, this was still in chapter 5. It was only in chapter 6 of the book of Joshua that they began to go on the conquest of their first city, which was a Jericho. So before that, wholeness must take place first. This you can read about in Joshua 5. Joshua 5 verse 8. After all the Israelites had been circumcised, they stayed in camp until they were healed. So this was physical healing they experienced. Verse 9, Then the Lord said to Joshua, As slaves in Egypt, you were ashamed. But today I have removed that shame. So Joshua named that place Gilgal. The removal of that shame is actually an inner healing. So they experienced both physical healing and inner healing, both healing and wholeness. They experienced first before God, before they were ready to go out on a conquest. So I want to just I want to highlight this because in this season, you know, I really believe that for those of us, you know, there are many of us, God may speak to you, you have yet to be made whole. There's this area of your life that is festering a lot of pain. There's this memory in your life that, that still trap you in a place of fear and trauma. There's something here that's happened before that, it has, that you've never gotten out of and, and the shame and sense of failure is still on you. God will speak to you if you have those things in your life still because those things will hold you back from being able to live a life of conquest. And worse still, with those open gaping wounds, if you are trying to go into warfare, you know what? The enemy can easily take you down. Because your wounds are gaping, you know, and, and he can, in, through, your, through your, it could be uh, fear of man already 
render you ineffective already. You know what the Bible says? The fear of man uh, will render you ineffective. It will snare you and render you ineffective. You know? or, or you may have, have, have a certain uh, uh, pride uh, in you that, that God wants to deal with because with this pride, you go warring and the enemy can easily take you down through the door called pride and cause you to fall in, in, into sin and pride. You know? And things like that. You know? So I, I want us to know that uh, it is important to God you know, that you experience healing and wholeness before he puts you on a conquest mode, all right? And I want to take this moment to just plug in the fact that we do have an inner healing ministry in our midst, all right? We, we do. We have a very effective inner healing ministry in this house because some s- seven years ago, God spoke to, to me as the pastor here, your ch- the church must understand about the operation of inner healing. And that's when I opened up my heart. Before that, I was very closed up to it for various reasons. You know, and God said, you need that. And we, since then, we've opened up a ministry at Flourish in our midst. And by now, we have brought 200 over people easily. Easily, 200 over people through inner healing. Fantastic testimonies of, of people breaking through into wholeness, in, in walking out the healing in our midst, in the community, entering into that life of conquest. All right, so I just want to take a moment to plug this in there. That if, you, if the Lord touch you in this season, like, you know, child, I want you to deal with this in your life. I want you to communicate with us. I want you to talk to your life group leader. I want you to, 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 to contact the church office because this is a season that God is wanting to bring about healing and wholeness more than ever before because he wants to put you in a conquest mode and those things will hold you back. Hold you back. Amen? Amen? It was after Gilgal that, they went, that God released them to go after their first city, which was Jericho. And that, was, uh, that, that is in the book of Joshua chapter 6 after them. So, so receive your healing and wholeness. All right, let God speak to you. Let God speak to you. All right, God will contextualize this journey for you. We are all a different part of this journey, and God is wanting to bring us to the same page. God is wanting to make us whole, and as a church family, to be able to 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 fan out and 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 shake the nation, shake the nation. Now, for the people of Israel, led by Joshua, and by the way, Joshua is Jesus. It's a type of Jesus. Yeah, Yeshua in Hebrew is Yeshua in Greek. Uh, in the New Testament, right? So it represents how it represents how Jesus is the one that that brings us into the fullness of our inheritance. Amen. He's the one. That, it's not Moses. Moses represents the law, but Jesus represents grace. Re- Jesus represents God's gift, God's salvation. It's God doing it, and Jesus is the one that will bring us into laying hold of all our inheritance. And so the Israelites, led by Joshua, did go in. Now they have made their mistakes at Ai. You know, and they, they, they have, they have their uh, 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 stumble in faith. But you know what? They grew out of it. They continued to let God lead them. And dis- so be- despite their, their lapses in faith, they actually took the whole land, which is what is exciting. They actually realized the fullness of God's inheritance for them, which is what I want you and me to pray about agree that God will take you, never mind your lapses of faith still, but will eventually bring every one of us to lay hold of the fullness of His plans, purposes, and and inheritance for our life. Can I hear amen? Because agreement is powerful. Agreement is powerful. They actually lay hold of the whole land. They laid hold of the full inheritance. Look at this scripture in Joshua 11, verse 23. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord has spoken to Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel. According to the divisions by the tribe, thus the land had rest from war. You see, it's the place, despite the fact there's a place of war, it is also the place of rest. And that's the place of, now, what Canaan represents that place where believers have learned to operate by the Spirit. No more struggling in their soul and using their fleshly ideas and, and carnal intelligence. They've learned to they, they've learned to discern God's presence. They've learned to hear His voice. They, they've grown to believe in His instruction and obey radically. Wow, that's the place of living in Canaan. And that's the place where they realize all, all their inheritance. They, they took hold of all the land. Very few times in the Bible, God, uh, the Scripture actually describes of certain of God's people uh, receiving their full inheritance. Very few. This is one of those very few ones. They actually lay hold of the whole, whole, whole land. Amen? Amen. 
this is where I want to, I want to come uh, almost to the closure now. This is where I promise I want to share one key, the key to their life of conquest. What was that one key that was so important that right before they set out on their journey, already God handed this key to Joshua and said, you take this key and you will always succeed everywhere you go as you lead these people into the land that I want to give, that I've given them. So what is the key that empowers Joshua's company to be sensitive to God's presence, to be able to hear His voice, to live in radical faith and obedience? What is the key? And what is the same key that set them up to be able to experience healing and wholeness, remember, in Gilgal? The same key also caused them to lay hold, lay hold of all their inheritance and to succeed in everything they do. Do you know they succeeded in everything they do? Joshua did. God wants you to lay hold of this same key for your life. Right now, today, right here. So what is this key? To know this key, we need to go back to chapter 1 of Joshua, book of Joshua, and look at what was it that God gave to Joshua. Guess what is the key? Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. <clears throat> Be strong and courageous. For you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go, wherever you go. This book of instruction, or some are, many other translations say, this book of the law must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. It's wherever you go, whatever you do, you will succeed. In Cantonese, it's called Hampalang. In Malay, it's called Samua. In Hokkien, it's called Longzong. Everywhere you go, wherever you go, whatever you do, you will succeed. If you have my word in you. Alright? That key is actually the word of God. Now this is where I want to drive at uh, as we come to the close of this message. Because you must catch this. You must catch this. You must catch this. The key is the word of God. Say with me, the key is the word of God. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like the tree that's planted by the rivers of water, which yieldeth its fruit in its season, and his leaf will not wither. And then he goes on to say, And whatsoever he does, Prosper. This is a Chinese greeting during Chinese New Year. Everything is according to your desire. Everything you touch, you prosper. Everywhere you go, you prosper. And the key is the Word of God. And so I feel so compelled in, in this season, you know, as we step over into this new place, and many of us into a, a, a new season in our life. I want to, as the shepherd of this house, put it on you to read the word. What I read just now was Psalms. Whatever he does shall prosper. It's not even Gong Si Fa it's Wan Quan Fa one means everything. 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 It's really it's also this. All your heart's desire. Because when you delight yourself in the law, he gives you the desires of your heart. In the New Testament, in the book of James, it says in chapter 1, verse 25, but the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having be become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Wow. Let us sing into our hearts. Because I want to challenge us in this season to come. 
really devour the word like you've never devoured before in your life. This is something that our Chinese congregation has been ahead of us, three months ahead of us. Pastor Liu have challenged your Chinese congregation to read for the first month, read the whole, uh, the whole New Testament within that month. So they would have to read about 10 chapters a day. And they read the whole, and you know what? Starting a lot of them struggled. Oh, but I can't read and this and that. After one month, so many testimonies, so many testimonies poured in of the breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. I tell you something about the Word of God. I tell you, it is such a powerful key that the enemy fights you hard on to prevent you from, from reaching for it. And a lot of people are, but I have no appetite. I've said this before and I'll say it again. The Word of God is like that. If you don't eat it, you won't have appetite for it. It's the opposite of natural food. Natural food, you, 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 oh, you're hungry, hungry, when, when you're not eating. Then when you start eating, your hunger level goes down as you start eating rare, right? The Word of God is different. It's, it's opposite of this. If you don't eat it, you will have no hunger for it. But the moment you start eating it, that's when you get hungrier for it. Hungrier, hungrier, hungrier. Because the, that's when the Spirit of God really nourishes you from the, within. And you're like, mm, this is so yummy. You know, and I want more. I want more. You know, in, in China, our co-laborers, I still lose out to them. Boy, they could read the Bible through so many times. You know, uh, the capacity. The more they read, the hungrier they get. The more they read, the hungrier they get. And now, so if you are here and you think, but, but I have no appetite, you know what? That's why you need to eat it. And the silence in heaven on the day of atonement. No. Say amen. amen. So I, I want to say this. All right. Now, now I've been, uh, now English congregation, the live group leader started doing this more than a month ago. We started with the book of Ephesians, just to keep us informed. All right. We say every day, all the live group leaders read. The book of Ephesians, which is only six chapters. By the way, six chapters takes you uh, only about 18 minutes, yeah? About 18 minutes now. And then we just every day read through, which is so easy, right? Six chapters, so easy, it's 18 minutes. Come on, surely you have that. 17 minutes, 16 minutes, you know. And, 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 and we say, read through the book and then share one light and revelation that the Holy Spirit is showing you in this book. So they started to put it on the, on the, on the WhatsApp. We have our own group chat. The ladies do their, the guys do, do ours, but... I'm sad to tell you that ladies won. They have so much more revelation. But then again, ladies talk more. So, okay. Anyway, we won't go that way. Wow, there are so much. My wife showed me. Wow, wow, we got this. We got this. Look, look, look. Wow, look, 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 look. <laughs> A man. Yes. Wow, all the women of the world. Wow. Yeah, really, really such a blessing. And so we have done a uh, book of Ephesians 30 times over, you know, uh, because every day we read. So now this month we have already started with uh, uh, the Gospel of Mark. All right. So this is what I want to do. I'm serious about this. I want to put it on you because I want you to lay hold of the key. I want to put it on you to read at least five to six chapters every day with us. All right. Now, start with this. I know what I'm going to do. Next phase. Because phase by phase, uh, God taught uh, Joshua's company to lay hold of their land face by face. The first phase I'm going to, first phase I want to conquer in your heart is to get you to allow the word of God to flush in. I know in our midst there are many people who don't read the word. But it's a new day. Hallelujah. Say it's a new day. <laughs> it's a new day. All right. I am going to put on you to read the scripture. All right. You read the book of Mark with us. All right. You read the book of Mark with us in this month. All right. Now, now, every day, five chapters. We have calculated Mark is 16 chapters. So every day, five chapters. In six days already, in six days already, we can read the whole book. Uh, twice over, actually. Uh, five, five, five. Every day, only five chapters. Very fast. Five chapters every day. So one third, one third, one third. Three days already, we finish the Gospel of Mark. So we, we start again. Then six days, seven day rest. We come to church and all that. We share our revelation. So in one month, uh, in one month we have read over eight times. Right? Eight times the, the gospel of Mark. You do that with us. Okay? Lord, please encourage me. I say you read every day five to six chapter. Okay? Okay. Okay. I want to hold you accountable. Really, I'm pushing you for this. All right. Chinese side, they, they went ahead of us. They, they, they have such a 
breakthrough, really they did. All right, they had such breakthrough. All right, and they started to hunger for the word. Even those who could not read, and many of them in the Chinese congregation could not because of ama so akonga. Yeah. So you know what? They listen. They just switch on the audio ones, and and they are following. So if you cannot follow us, you know, even ama. Is running ahead of you. Now, you know, because of the word of God. And they were soar with eagles, like eagles. All right, even the, our, our grannies are, are soaring with the Holy Ghost. All right, so I want us all to do that. Really, you will thank me for it. All right, every day, five, six chapters. Three days you finish the book of Mark. Of course, you want to read more? Sure, I'm saying minimum. Minimum. All right, especially those of you who are not uh, working per se right now. You have more time. I tell you, what, read the whole Mark. In fact, you can also cover Matthew, John, Luke <laughs> every day if you want to. All right, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. So what do you do? What, what I want to challenge you to do is this: in this season, you do that with us. Just five, six chapters, five, six chapters, and then whatever God speaks to you, I want you to journal it down. I want you to start a journal. It can be a, a little diary. It can be a computer. You journal a thought every day, a thought from the scripture. Paste the scripture there. Journal a thought. From that, that, that touches you. You start doing that. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you will be blessed. This is the beginning of the life in Canaan. Without that, you can't get sensitive to God. You can't sense His presence. You can't hear His voice. I tell you, this is one of the most asked questions I ever received in life as a, as a minister of the Word. You know, Pastor, I can't hear God. Leh. How do you hear God's voice? One of the most asked questions in Christendom is this, is this. And you know what? It begins with the Word of God. When you read the Word of God copiously, just get it in, get it in. Someone just told me just now uh, that it seems that when I read the Word, I don't quite understand. I don't quite understand. I assure and I uh, encourage you, sister, you don't have to understand. You've got to trust. The Holy Spirit know how to talk to you. What you are wanting to receive is the Holy Spirit talking to you. Not necessarily, oh, why, uh, why the ark must be uh, a three cubit by two cubit. Don't have to understand. What the Holy Spirit wants to show you is what you need. It's called the Word in season. It's called revelation. Revelation is supernatural information that's relevant to you in this season that is called revelation. And that can only come from the Holy Spirit. Even a child can read the Word and be impacted by God. The Holy Spirit can, through the Word, speak to that child. Really? And the more you have the, the, the Word, you'll find that you get sharper and sharper in the way you discern God talking to you. Why? Because the Bible says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword under the division of the, between the joints and the marrow and souls and the spirit. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of your heart. The more you have the Word in you, the more sword you have in you to do the dividing. This is my thought, my feeling, or the Holy Spirit, or, the, or Satan talking to me. You know, yeah. You can't divide because you lack the Word. But the more you have the Word in you, the more you can divide. You can do the division. And that's why you can hear God clearer and clearer. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So I want to challenge us, you know. I will hold you accountable now. I want us especially, you know, I, I want you not to trust yourself in this, in this discipline. You've got to get someone to hold you accountable. Really. Get someone to, not on the camera, get someone to hold you accountable. So that, okay. Yeah, so that they can see me as well. No. So really, really, so the best way to do it is go to a live group. Get into the crowd where people are sharing revelation. It will, it will fan your flame. Hear what pe- the breakthroughs, healing people are experiencing, reading the same scripture. Then you'll be like, oh, I know what, bo, I know what, bo. You know, yeah, you, you stir your heart. Like, how come you're getting all these nuggets of truth? How come? And if it, it, it stirs you to go in, to go in. And you know what? You need the community. Right, really, you need a community. Get someone to hold you accountable every day to read the word. And then share a thought. Share a thought. Share a thought. Soon, it will become part of your lifestyle. Amen? I mean, this is the beginning of personal altar. All right, now, in the future, I will talk about, maybe next week or the week after, I'll talk about family altar. It begins with you. If you cannot begin, your family have no chance. All right? Once you let the word of God start to invade into your life, I tell you, fantastic things are going to take place in your life. Do you believe? Do you believe? You'll find yourself so sensitive to God. You'll find that you are not dull to Him. Every time He gives an instruction, you pick it up. Oh, yes. And in fact, many of it will be so spontaneous, you think it's yourself. When God gives you an idea, invest in that. You know, and 
you like, you can just have this thought. It's actually the Holy Spirit, and He knows how to lead you in the way that you should go, that you might prosper. Because it's a new way of life in Canaan. Now, it's a very new way of life in Canaan. When they were in the wilderness, you know, for example, you know, in the wilderness, in the wilderness, they were always on the defense. Did you know that? People, did you know that in the wilderness, if you read, they were always running away <laughs> from their enemies. But in Canaan, they were chasing their enemies. It, their life, their focus in life changed from one of defense to one of offense. Their mode changed when they came into Canaan. So your mode is going to change when you step into Canaan. In, 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 wild, in the wilderness, it was all about sojourning. But in Canaan, it's all about settling. They are settling. They became settlers in the land. They are not going to just pass through. It, it, in, in wilderness, it was all transition. But in Canaan, it was all invasion. Because of the change of focus, their lifestyle had to change. You think is that reasonable? Ooh, yeah? It's reasonable. You know, so because the focus is changed, their lifestyle has to change. So God started to implement things into their life to make them adapt to this higher life. For example, I give an example. In the wilderness, they never had to sow and cultivate the land. Every day, go out and pick up manna. When they entered, now question, uh, theological question. Uh, let's see whether you all read the Bible or not. When they enter into Canaan, did they still have manna to eat? Ooh, see lah, you did not read the Bible. You notice that when they entered Canaan, they were still picking up manna to eat. They were still eating. But, but it all changed within that year. Because after they entered, they got new work to do. After they entered, God actually taught them from scratch, uh, I can surmise. I'll show you the scripture and you know why this, is, this must be the case. Because in, the, in, in Canaan, God had to teach them to sow. Huh? Some more like that. You know, sow. You take the seed, you put in the ground. Why put it in the ground? I want to eat, man. You know, and God had to teach them to cultivate the land, which was something they never had to do in the wilderness. Anyway, nothing to grow in the wilderness. But now they have to. But meanwhile, they were still picking up manna to eat the manna. But yet, meanwhile, they've got to learn a new thing, new thing, all right, to sow, to cultivate. And then what? Uh, and then what? Put water. Water. I'll put. How much? Uh, how much? You know, they have to learn from scratch. It's a new lifestyle because they haven't, because God was preparing them for something far greater than manna. So imagine this with me, this new habit that God was giving them. They are like, my life is already busy now. Every day I got to go out and pick up manna and all that. And now you want me to, 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 to till the land and put the seed and you know, carry water and, and all that. You know what? God was preparing them for far greater blessing up ahead. Amen? Let's look at the scripture together. You, you look at me like I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out of my own, own imagination. Joshua chapter 5 verse 12. Joshua chapter 5 verse 12. It says, the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten of eaten some of the produce of the land, so that the sons of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate some of the yield of the land of Canaan during that year. So it all happened within the year. There was a transition. Everybody say transition. It, it did not happen immediately. There was a transition. In this transitional time, while they were still doing the old ways, the old method, God was already introducing new things to them to do. Like for example, apart from speaking up the manna, they would also have to sow the land and various other things. Why? Because the moment the produce came forth and they enjoyed of the produce of the ground, the manna ceased. And now they realized, Wow, this is You know, I mean, now it's like, now they got puto, now they got papaya, now they have fruits, they have all kinds, they got wheat, much more than just manna. Manna morning, manna noon, manna night, manna for snack, manna for supper, manna cooked, sauteed, steamed, fried, you know, manna, manna, manna. Kids don't have to ask their mommy, mommy, what are we taking for dinner? Manna, law. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, duh. You know, even for 40 years, you know. Now, when the produce came forth, it was like, oh, this is so much nicer. 
Kaiser, you know, how could we have lived without this for 40 years? You blame your Akong. <laughs> yeah, their generation. God introduced a new lifestyle to them. New lifestyle. Because God has far greater blessing that He wants them to realize and to enjoy. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So I challenge you, eat your word daily. This is only my first step for you. Eat the word daily, all right? Eat the word daily. Help me, help me poke the one next to you. Hey, five chapter, huh? every day, huh? Poke. Hey, I'm very gracious with you, you know. Our Chinese congregation, ten chapters, you know. I say five, you know, because five is the number of grace, ma. Uh, so I, I only put five on you. Five, okay? Then you read the book of Mark with us, you know, and we'll let the Lord lead us what to do. I, I'm just, just doing what I feel led, all right? The Lord will lead us there. He will lead us there. I, real, I know, I know, I know. When God speaks it, He's going to do it. He's going to lead many of us into breakthrough. Many of us don't even have a habit to read the Word. And you know what? Now, I force you to read the Word. And I ask of you, I ask of life group leader, hold your people accountable. If they don't read, huh, you call up. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> okay, I give you permission, all the life group leader. All the life group leader must implement this. Huh? This is a song. Huh? Yeah. All the life group leaders start. Huh? Really, we start with the Word. Helping our people read the word, and then they realize the hunger will come. Wow, whoa, this is yummy! Wow, the and then you'll find yourself not being able to let go. You want to read more. I, it, it happens to me when the more I read, the more I'm like, yo, wow, oh, this is good. When, what is the chapter after? I'm so curious. After five chapters, I'm like, I want to see six. And six, really, they all happen in the seven, and then I'm reading the whole thing. You know, yeah, I tell you, it's so yummy the word of God. You know what? A victorious life is awaiting you. And God is wanting to introduce something new to you in order for you to be able to function rightly in this new realm. Canaan was a whole new realm for them. It's a realm where they are in constant battle though, but it was restful battle. It's very strange, very fruitful, very fruitful. And and and, and Bible calls it the land of rest. It was the land of spiritual rest for them. Amen? <laughs> Everyone, huh? I will hold you huh? accountable huh? next week. Well, I hope next week no, you know, they, not one big chunk disappear, you know. Because I'll ask you, I will, huh? I'm, I'm serious. I will ask you, who finished your five chapters at least every day? And then, oh, no, no, I'll ask, who did not? Then you have to lift out your hand. And then I'll ask you for, for the prayer of repentance. Hang <laughs> no, just, just. Yeah, yeah, but really, really, as a shepherd, I want to hold you accountable. I want, to, I want you to acquire the taste for the Word. Amen? And one last thing I want to do with you today, which is very significant because our first service here, the last thing as we close. All right, I want us to pray together because I saw Joshua, before they set out, they had a prayer of consecration. What is a prayer of consecration? Right, that was before they set out, Joshua 3, 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. What's the meaning of consecrate? Uh, it means set yourself apart for God. To dedicate yourself to Him for His purpose. All right? uh, this is to, that's why some scripture will use the word sanctify. Some use, scripture use, the trans translation use the word dedicate. All right? uh, they did that. They dedicated themselves to God and say, we're set apart for you. Basically, we give you permission, Lord, to do everything you desire in us because we trust that you are at work to bring us into our inheritance. They trust God and they've dedicated, dedicated themselves to Him, which is what I want to pray with you about. Would you pray with me? I want to ask of you to rise. We're going to pray a prayer of consecration. All right. Because, as I said before we came over, we leave no man behind. All right. we, want, we want us to pray in this moment. I want you to just take a moment. Your musician can come. But I want you to close your eyes and I want you to begin to pray for yourself as a response, as a res, um, as a response to this message that you hear today. It's a new season, and God is wanting to to break through in my life. Oh, you know what? As I'm speaking, I hear this new thing. You know, you know when the Lord says, "I roll away the shame of Egypt from you," it's a picture of how God wants them to leave all their baggage and their bondage behind. I feel like the Lord is saying, this is a new season. There's many of you here, you carry baggage in your heart, in your mind, 
sense of failure for something you have done or a bankruptcy you've experienced, whatever, whatever. You know, God is wanting to, you, wanting to tell you this right now. I can turn everything around for your good, but you must let me roll away the shame, roll away the reproach, because it will hold you back from the life of conquest. And if you are the one that God is saying that to you, I want you to take a moment and give Him, give him that burden, give Him that reproach, that shame, that thing which hold you back, or that regret, whatever it is, that failure. I want you to take a moment to tell God, say, Lord, I put that in your hand. Lord, I repent from that. I put that in your hand. Lord, you roll it away from me. It shall have no more bearing upon me in this season as I step forward in faith. I will let your presence lead me from here. I will listen to your voice. I will obey you radically. Radically. Lord, I will not allow those things behind me to hold me back. Alright? So, I want you to close your eyes and, and now is a moment I want you to forget about the person next to you, left and right. I want you to talk to God. Take a moment. Respond to Him. Respond to Him and say, Lord, if there be something that's holding me back, some kind of impediment or, or obstacle that hold me back from the life of conquest, the victorious living that you have given me in Christ, would you show me now? I want to surrender that to you. Would you take away the bondage that holds me back? Talk to Him. Take a moment. He will contextualize this instruction for you, specific to you, specific to you. For some of you, God may say, for you, I want you to fast. But not from food though. I want you to fast from internet. That is your impediment. That those are the weights that have snared you and held you back. Another person, God may say, you're eating too much. Come out of that. I'm giving you self-control right now. Another person, God may say, there's too much salt in your diet. It can be that specific, you know. Because the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit will speak to you because He wants to bring you into wholeness, you see. He wants to bring you into healing and wholeness. Father, speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Someone here, God is speaking to you. I want you to restore the relationship that is broken. I want you to make the first move and you know who you are. And God is saying to you, I want you to restore. You make the first move. You be the bigger person to apologize and make the first move. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, this day, you roll away the reproach. You strip away the shame from us. You cause us, Lord, to be healed and whole. Not just physically, but even in our heart and in our soul. Thank you, Lord. You set us up, Lord, for Canaan living. You set us up, Lord, for that life of conquest. And we give you all the praise and glory. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Victory comes from you, Lord. The Bible tells us that victory is a gift because Jesus, you won the victory. And today, as we open our hearts to you, you give us the victory and we retake it from you, Lord. It's a finished work. And our part is to believe. And we do believe, Father. We believe. We believe in the efficacy, the effectiveness of Christ's redemptive work. We believe in the perfection of His salvation. We believe that all of your promises, all of your good promises in the Bible, they all belong to us in Christ Jesus. They are amen. They are amen. We can say amen to all of them because they are ours in Christ. Father, we thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, Lord I join my faith with all my brothers and sisters in this house right now. For those who are standing in faith for healing in their bodies, right now, Lord, let healing break out. In the name of Jesus, destroy and strip away every disease off of the bodies of your people. We declare to every sickness and infirmities in the house that's present here in the bodies of the saints of God. Be gone in Jesus' name. The power of God remove the pain from your body, the infirmities, from your being in the name of Jesus. I really feel a wave, a wave of healing anointing just sweep in. I just want you to put your right hand on where it hurts, where it's sick right now. You'll be, you'll be shocked what God is going to do in a moment, in a moment. Just put your hand there right now. Agree with me in the name of Jesus. Sickness be removed from God's people. We evict you 
you do not belong here. You, be, you do not belong in the body of the saints of the Most High. Every sickness, every sickness, every diabetes be destroyed. Every cancer be gone in Jesus' name. Tumor, shrivel up now. Shrivel up now. Be gone in Jesus' name. We speak to scoliosis to be, to be removed from God's people. Rheumatoid arthritis be destroyed in Jesus' name. Every form of pain-causing sicknesses from migraine to toothache be removed from God's people. We expose you. We, we cast you out in Jesus' name. We, we declare this is Gilgal. This is where God roll away our reproach. This is where God strip away all our diseases. This is our Gilgal. Where God's people receive full healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. And Father, we ask of you not only for healing, we ask, Lord, that you cause a fresh anointing, healing anointing to rest upon every brother and sister right now. Lord, let every one of us be the carrier and courier of your anointing to the nation. Lord, anoint every pairs of hands that are lifted up towards you right now. Lord, let your anointing rest upon your people. Rest upon your people. Lord, let signs and wonders, healing the miracles. Break out, Lord. Break out every time we pray for the sick. Every time we lay hand on the infirmed. Every time we minister to the feeble. Lord, use us to display your glory. Use us Lord, in this season. Lord, encourage us. Encourage us. Encourage every one of us. Give us breakthroughs that surprise us. That even, that even shocks and stunts us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We believe and we receive in Jesus' name. And Father, right now, we consecrate ourselves to you. We dedicate our lives to you. We say, Father, come. Do everything pleasing to you in our life. Lord, you can do. You can do everything you want to do through our life. We allow you to. We allow you to. Lord, take away everything you want to take away. Every idolatry. Every evil. And put upon us, Lord, everything we rightly have and possess. Use us for your glory, we pray. We dedicate our lives to you. We consecrate our businesses to you. And we say, Lord, use us to display your glory. Use us to preach your gospel with signs and wonders following. Use us, we pray. Use us in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this place that you have given us to use in this season. Lord, make us good steward, Lord, of everything you bless us with. Lord, we speak blessing over this house. We speak blessing over this facility here, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you continue, Lord, to, to cause your blessing to pour down upon your people, to overflowing. And Lord, you make us channels and vessels of your blessings to the nation. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we ask of you. And all of God's people say, Amen! You have been listening to a Petra Church recording. We hope that you have been blessed. For more information and resources, visit us at petra.sg.